0: Hi, welcome to For The Culture Canada, the center point of art and entrepreneurship. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to make sure that you know to follow us on all of our social media at For The Culture Canada and all of our major streaming platforms at For The Culture Canada podcast. Now, if you happen to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, it would greatly help us if you rated us a positive review. If you happen to like the show, thank you very much. Let's get into it. So. This particular person I've been wanting to get on the show for a long, long time. And we've been in the talks with it, but I don't think it's really worked out to have him on here because of logistics. Now that he's here, I'm very happy to announce that we have today this individual. He's got a lot of accolades under his belt, or at least a lot of accomplishments. He's a hip-hop and R&B artist. He's got over 9,700 followers on Instagram, over 6,300 listeners on Spotify. And his album, These Are The Times, has been streamed over 110,000 times.
1: Jeez, that's a lot.
0: And it's only been released this year, and he's coming out with a new project at the 28th of August called The Rose Tapes. I'm really excited to announce that I have Tion Gibbs on my show today. Thank you so much for coming here, man. Hey, man, how's it going?
2: Good, how are you? I'm doing good. Really yeah, you feeling
0: tired from the from the recording you've been doing last night?
2: Oh, man. It's been not just last night. I feel like the last two months have been, like, consistent every day, going to bed at, like, 4 a.m., waking up at, like, 7 or 8 every day. So, yeah. Been busy, man. Really, really busy. But things are going good. I mean, that's why I'm doing that, right? It's better to be busy and, and be tired than, yeah, be well-rested and have nothing going on. So
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like that cliche saying, rise and grind, right? Rise and grind.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah you know what's up. You yeah. know what's up. So I wanted to first get into your history a little bit and just sort of find out how you got to the place that you're at. So you're originally from Botswana. Yes, sir. Right. And you, were you born and raised there?
2: Yeah. So my, my upbringing was a little different. Um, I was born there. Uh, we moved to Toronto for a little bit. Uh, we went to Angola, England, really? South Africa. Uh, yeah, so basically what my dad did is he worked with like helping developing countries manage their food resources. Okay. So, as a really fancy way of saying, he would go to like places where they're experiencing like a, like a crisis, like a drought, mm-hmm. and he'd teach the communities, yeah, um, hey, this is how you can grow crops in like a really really bad season of the year. Um, just so that they could sustainably make it through. Yeah. Um, and so like he was going to really remote small areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were based in the Southern African region, so Every three or four years, we would be moving to a different country. But right. Southern Africa is kind of where I spent most of my life. Um, and, yeah, so when I, was, when I was 18, I actually moved to Canada.
0: So, oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's um, wild. And uh, so
2: what did your mom do growing up while um, you were there? So my mom, I, I guess by career, um, is a teacher. But I, I think it was really difficult for her because, obviously, moving to a different country like, different curriculum, different, like, um, certification that you need to have to be able to teach in that country. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard for her because we would go there on, like, a one-year contract. So my mom would be like, all right, so let's say I get my my certification to, to teach here, but in a year's time, we have to move somewhere else. So she ended up just kind of working any kind of job that she could get wherever we went to. Yeah. So... She's worked uh you know, she's been like a healthcare assistant before. She's worked at like IKEA before. Like she's done she's done it all. Wow. wow. Yeah. So she hustles.
0: Yeah, that's wild. And what are they up to right now?
2: Um, so they actually moved to Kelowna uh two, three years ago. And now my dad works for the Ministry of Agriculture and my mom's is she works at Savon. Okay. She, so if you ever see a pretty black lady working floral of Savon. That's my mom's. <laughs> That's Shout
0: my, out. Yeah. All right. So you got to Canada when you were 18 years old. Yeah. And you've been to Toronto and all these places. What made you land all the way to Kelowna? Um, so
2: my grandfather lived here. Um, so because I had citizenship and this was Canada was our home base. Yeah. With my dad's work, um, which whoever company was working for, whether it be like Um, like SADC or the UN or Save the Children, Um, all the expatriates, they get one trip back to their home country every year. So I came back to Kelowna once a year for my entire life. Okay. And my grandpa was here, and I was like, all right, well, there's, like, schools here, I have citizenship. Like, at least I know a couple people in the city. So I was like, all right, I'll move to to Kelowna. Okay,
0: very cool. And did your family have a musical background at all?
2: Mm Hmm... I mean, no, not at all. No? You didn't have a musical family? No one plays music in my family. No one, like, I mean, like, my my parents have a decent taste in music. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as, like, actual musicians or, or, or singer-songwriters, there's, there's nothing really in my family that I can think of offhand.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: Maybe, like,
0: I don't know, great-grandparents or something like that. Right. Right. And then before you got into hip-hop and R&B, you were actually playing the guitar first.
2: Yeah, so it's actually funny. So um, in in high school... I was like, I was just a sad boy in high school. Really? So, yeah. It was Why? Sad. Uh, I don't know, man. I just like, I think it started a lot to do with me traveling so much. Yeah. And uh, and I think that it's really hard when you're like a, you're a kid, you're growing up, and you make a friend, but then you have to leave them. Yeah. And that, that happening so often in my life that like, um, I, I I wouldn't say like like overly sad. I was just like, I used to think. I used to spend a lot of time by myself. Yeah. So I started writing, um, and obviously I started writing poetry, hip hop. Yeah. So yeah. I started doing that first. Um, but then when I moved to Kelowna, I've been playing like guitar for, for since like music school, mm-hmm. started, like, music classes in school. And um, so right around like middle school
0: era? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, started, yeah. I
2: started playing right back then. And so when I moved to Kelowna, I was like, I tried. I tried to kind of push hip hop for a little bit, and then I was like, man. It's just not going to happen right now. Mm. So I was like, you know what, man? I'm in this city. I want to play live shows. I want to work on my live act, my craft. Yeah. It's like the easiest way for me to get live shows is to play in in the alt band or like, yeah, you know, like it's a rock band. So Right. So I, yeah, I just started playing in, in bands here and there.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay. Did you ever release anything under your own name with that?
2: Uh, no. No? No, 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 no. Um, I did a lot of songwriting um like session playing and uh yeah and like and like co-wrote a bunch of songs. Um one project that I'm very very proud of that uh did get this like no it didn't get as much shine shine as it should have. Yeah. Um it came out in 2016. Um it was uh Johanna Olsen's um comeback next year EP. I was very very proud of it, man. Yeah, uh, we worked on that for like 2 years. Um it sounded amazing. Um, we recorded it in Kelowna and some some guy's attic. His name Ryan. His name was Ryan DeZwan And uh, I was very proud of it. Like the quality of it was was like top. It was it, was, it sounded so good, was, <laughs> especially for like an indie recording. Like yeah, it was. I was very very proud of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we worked very hard on that. And you know what? Like she released it. We did the album release party. And it was one of those things where it's like. Musicians and artists, creatives, they can do the the art portion of it, but when it comes to the business or the navigating the industry, I guess it's really hard for for most people to to figure it out. Yeah, it is, and it's exhausting. Like you finish a, a project, that whether it's an EP, an album, you're tired. Like you've been working hard, especially if like you're very hands on, like me, and you're like, you're actually mixing it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of people, they get to the end of that project, they release it, they do the party. And then they're like, yo, I kind of just like want people to support it now. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not really how it works. Like, this is the time where I actually have to work even harder. Yeah.
0: Especially in the field that you may not be so experienced at. 100%.
2: Yeah. 100%. And it's like, I think, I think a lot of artists and musicians, they don't realize that you actually really have to build cachet and trust with your audience. Right. Um, and that's something that I learned while working on These Are The Times was like, I initially wanted to put out, like, 16 tracks. Really? Yeah, I was going to put out 16 tracks. I had them done. Um, and I did a curation session with, like, some very close friends. And, uh, you know, we really like, we really got into it, man. Like, you know, people were, like, voices were very escalated. Yeah. Um, and I kind of just had a realization. I was like, man, like, I don't have the cachet and the pull yet to make people want to listen to 16 songs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, even 10 songs is a bit of a stretch at this point. But I was like, I couldn't, I just didn't want to cut more than six songs.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, even Migos, like how big they are, not everybody wants to hear like Culture 2 all the way through. Yeah. So it's like. Culture
2: 2 is a, is a strange album to me, man. Like, <laughs> it's got so many slappers on it, but I was just, I was also like, I was really disappointed with it, to be honest. I was too. Because I, I felt like, I, I felt like they were just, they took the culture formula and they're like, we're going to try and recreate this. Yeah. And it's like, yo, like, yeah, it's a moment in time. Like, you can't, you can't recreate culture.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wanted to have all the members, like, on every single yeah. track as well because they didn't want to have one missing, like, what happened with Bad and Bougie. I know, I know. So it's like, ah. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> uh,
2: it look like I left out the Bad and Bougie? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, that's yeah. Um, anyway, so, okay, you were in the indie music first. Mm-hmm. And then what got... So how did you find your way then into hip-hop music? You said you mixed. Did, were you producing your own beats as well? Or would you find other beats and then rap on them? Or how, how did your process go?
2: Um, yeah, you know what? Like, I do a little production. Um, I still do a little bit of production for myself. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of got to a point where I was like, man, I am very anal. Mm. And I was like, I would finish something... And I'd be like, I'd work so long on it and be like, I don't even know if I really want to release this. Like, so I started working with um, a lot of producers that I know personally and also just like shopping around, man. Like, right. You have resources. You have, you know, you have SoundCloud. You know I'm mean? saying, like, yeah, yeah, you got your SoundCloud. You got your YouTube. You got your SoundClicks. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you use those resources? People are trying to make money. They're trying to have a business they're trying to establish themselves. Yeah. So why wouldn't you support them? And also like build a relationship with these artists, these producers, because at the end of the day, that's what you need to do. So. Of
0: course, yeah, yeah, it's good
2: for the whole culture of everything. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred um, percent. So for me, yeah, that's what sort of, I, 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 I will from time to time still produce, um, but I'm more, I'm less into B composition, and I'd rather uh, like executive produce or like direct a band. Um, and work on arrangements. I'm a lot more passionate about mm-hmm. that. I'd say, mm-hmm. um, and and I really enjoy a lot more because it gives you a lot more freedom to let someone else be creative and kind of bring their strength to the table. That's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, and it's, it's yeah. I don't know. I, I prefer that for that. Yeah. And
0: it also, that relationship you create with that producer also a lot may allow you to evolve your sound. Hundred Right. 100%. So it's, it's very cool to just like collab with other people. Sometimes it's almost better for you to do that than just rely on yourself. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. yeah hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Sick. So what was one of the first few like hip hop tracks that you made then? And how did you start to like get confident enough to just release them then? And, and did you, did you first do that on SoundCloud? Like a lot of other people did.
2: Um, yeah, so I think, I think what happened was moved to Kelowna in 2010, and I tried to do my own hip hop thing for like a year, year and a half, um, and I just, I just don't think at that time, especially because UBC didn't have uh, honestly as many black people as they do now. Yeah, um, I, I, I feel like Kelowna didn't really know how to support me, and I also don't think I was as good. At what I do mm-hmm. back then, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like like I was I, don't know, I was like mad at people. They just I don't think that the infrastructure was there to really to really do it to the level or to the extent that I'm doing it at now. Which is not saying I'm doing it at a crazy level. <laughs> um, but then yeah, but then it took about five years of just like working with bands, indie artists, and seeing that same trend happen over and over and over again. Where people, you, I'll put in so much time and energy into a project, and then when it's done, they kind of fall a little bit flat on their face because they're like, all right, well, I don't really know what to do next. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I don't know. Or just simply some of them people just don't even have the work ethic. Yeah. So it was like 2016, and I was like, all right, man, like, if I really want to make this like a thing and a career for myself and like be able to really cake off of this. I was like, I have to make myself the priority, mm-hmm. and like I'm, I'm, I'm like an okay singer. Like I'm not amazing by any means. Like I can sing a hook or two every now and then, but like I know my strength um, is is. But I know singing is not my biggest strength. Mm-hmm. um So I, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna do it. so I was like, I met up with this dude, Innie, um and Cause Yeah I met up with Innie And it was just like You know what Like yo Let's just make a track And We made a song I sent it to a couple of homies uh, And Kamar Burke Was one of them KB mm. And he was like Yo that's nice man We should shoot a video And this is kind of When he was like Kind of first starting out Yeah with video- Videography yeah,
0: yeah he's huge oh. now Yeah he's popping
2: Yeah yeah for sure um, That's my guy <laughs> Well I'm sure we'll talk about him but, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely Yeah yeah But he um, He was like yo Let's shoot a video So I literally went from me working on my own stuff kind of in the in the back end of things um working for other artists and then in two weeks i was just like no i'm gonna make myself a priority we did that song we shot a video and we put the song out and i was super super appreciative of that because it was like real support man like i'm not i'm not a guy i don't I don't, I don't care too much about the numbers. Yeah. The numbers will come. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, when I'm seeing, when I put something up and I see like 60, 70 shares and I was like my first release, I was like, oh, okay. So maybe, maybe people are ready to, maybe Kelowna is ready to support something like this. Yeah. Um, and I was like, all right. Okay. This is, this is a good look. Yeah. And I just, I was like, I put on another single and it was, I got similar support. And then I put out a third one, and I'm like, okay, so that, this is this is like a thing now.
0: So 2016 is right around the time you felt it started popping.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I feel like 2016, like, I was hungry, people were hungry for music, and it just kind of happened, and it just, it just started.
0: Yo, I have a theory here yeah. real quick. So do you find that the whole soundscape of everything changed after the movie Straight Outta Compton came out in 2015. Like, I have this theory that the whole world let hip hop take over because they realized that it's actually such a dope genre after straight out of content came out. Now, obviously knowing everybody knows that hip hop has always been great yeah. and really popular. But after 2015 though, I've just found that like hip hop is just completely taken over the radio, taken over what people listen to on a day to day basis. And it's now the number one genre. And I feel like that's what happened to Kelowna. People were like, you know what? Super accessible band NWA. Then, Everybody just started getting into it again. It's like, oh yeah, this is sick. I want to find some more stuff. I thought it, I felt. I feel like that was a really good like access point for a lot of people. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm
2: just crazy, but I, know, I could see it. Um, I think. I don't I'm going to answer this question. I'm just thinking what I want to say. <laughs> yeah, um, man, take your time. I feel like. I feel like I feel like that movie straight out of Compton. Um, I feel like that's a i i feel I feel more like it's a pivotal moment as opposed to it being um like the catalyst to change it. I think like kind of the way um the hip hop industry had been shaped uh over the last eight years or so yeah, um I genuinely think it had been building consistently. Yeah. Um and some people will okay, i so, so, okay, I'm, I'm gonna give you my theory too. I'm just oh, gonna say it. This is gonna sound me. crazy, all right, yeah.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> hit me. Man. All right, so when we talk about hip hop, typically everyone's always leading back to like, yo, late nineties, it's the golden era of hip hop. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like we had powerhouse artists, you know. Yeah, yeah. we still we had we had Biggie, we had Pac, we had Jay, mm-hmm. we had Nas, we like we had a a a gang of extremely talented lyricists, mm-hmm. rappers, artists, um that were putting out great content Yeah Wasn't quite accepted by the mainstream yet No um, Which is what made it even more appealing to the youth mm-hmm. Right um, So Early 2000s This is kind of when everyone says hip hop really fell off It was a bling era then Bling era and G-Unit And then a, a lot more like repetitive choruses and hooks were coming out Yeah And a lot of people Like hip hop purists would be like that's trash That's not real hip hop So We got kind of Into an area Or a time Where it was like Four or five years Not to say this is what I agree with Yeah yeah um, But there was like Four or five years Where it was like Quote unquote trash
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and some people will still say it's quote-unquote trash, but it's just because they're not looking for for good music. Yeah. Um, or they're too attached to lyrical miracles, spiritual. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, they're too attached to, like, the, the 90s, like, really, really gritty, like, super lyrical, like, rap. Yeah, yeah. So what I think, though, is in that time, that caveat of quote-unquote trash, where it became a lot more commercial um, and not necessarily having that commercial success, that was really good for hip-hop because... It made it a lot more appealing to the mainstream, especially a lot more appealing to the club, because that's where it was being like played a lot more prevalently with that like, yeah. clubs. So, come 2010, we have a new school of artists where we have our J. Coles, we have our Kendrick Lamars, mm-hmm. we have our Drakes. Mm-hmm. And I think this school in particular, I will classify this as the second golden era, because we haven't had Artists that prolific, putting out that much content so consistently at such a high level in a long time.
0: Oh, 100%. I genuinely think this era, this decade of hip hop music is far more prolific than early 2000s for sure.
2: Yeah. And so I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's very, very prolific. Um, But just having those three uh, as like, quote unquote, the leaders of the new school um, and now just like leaders in hip hop in general yeah um I think man people may love him or hate him I think Drake being such a major crossover to pop success was huge for hip hop um and so tying back to uh, straight out of Compton yeah I feel like the last you know 15 years leading up to that movie um was kind of preparing um it, it was going to happen regardless right yeah yeah But oh, then yeah. that movie comes out and then yeah it was man i remember watching that movie at the paramount theater and the movie finished and this white girl was sitting behind me and she was sitting with her two white friends and she was like does that movie just make you want to be black <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i was like okay low-key that's like not okay for you to say like you're you're not you're not getting this Whatever, but it's kind of that mentality where you see something and you're just like, this is so cool, I want to do it, Mm -hmm. Um, and then just the way things have been set up with SoundCloud and then having Mm -hmm. the industry kind of shape the way it was yeah of course In a moment like that it would totally inspire you to want to like start making the music so i'd say yeah. it, is, it is a moment but i want to say it was like the, the main catalyst
0: okay that's a really strong strong and smart perspective
2: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i really that's awesome i'm like I've, a very long-winded person This is gonna be like a three-hour long interview you know. <laughs> <laughs> i don't have places you know. to be today you do <laughs> so like true. hey i'm good
0: <laughs> that's amazing yeah yeah by the way that whole uh miracle lyrical that's from filthy frank
2: ain't it Bro, yo, Filthy Frank, but just, yeah, 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 no, it's Filthy Frank. Yeah, yeah. But there's also just a bunch of dudes from, like, the late 90s who are still rocking do-rags and tims.
0: Yeah, shout out ASAP Ferg. (laughs) (laughs) But, yo, listen. Um and besides just to like one last point for myself before we move on uh i feel like like the 90s you can sort of define it obviously there's still lots of different styles of hip-hop in the 90s but you can sort of define it with a particular sound but in like the 2010 to 2018 and beyond you can sort of, there's so many different styles of hip-hop you can't pin this oh, decade yeah, to one 100%, style you know 100 percent. there's like you know all the way from death grips to j cole to kendrick to lil pump to like yeah. smoke perp like Oh, my God! It's the most yeah. insane thing I've seen one hundred percent this year,
2: like one, this decade, one hundred percent It's like we're at a point now where it's like yo like you just look at metal music, man, like how many subgenres are there in metal, yeah, oh you know? yeah, and that's that's just kind of where hip hop's at, so there's genuinely subgenres within the genre, right, which I think is 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 I think is actually important to be classified now, yeah, you know what I'm saying, like. Someone should be able to be like, yeah, like, yeah, like, I'm like, I'm a lyrical rapper. Yeah. I make pop rap. I make, I make like trap rap. I make club Mm -hmm. rap. I make cloud rap. Yeah. You know, I think, I think people should have the freedom to say this is what I make and really own it Mm. because... I don't know, it kind of frees you up from being compared. Like, you can't really compare Lil Pump and Kendrick Lamar.
0: Mm-mm, no, no. Right? But you can still enjoy them very much the same. At least I find yeah, I can. You can
2: enjoy both. Yeah. But, like, it's just not fair to compare them because they make mm-hmm. completely different music. And mm-hmm. they have completely different goals and, and mindsets to approaching the music. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it's just like, I think, classifying people within the, the, their own subgenre. It's like, you can't say Lil Pump's trash because you like Kendrick Lamar. Well, I mean, you can say that. I don't think you should say that. <laughs> but, like, if you want to compare, like, if you want to compare J. Cole and Joey Badass, that's like, oh, there's a lot more about how they approach music that is comparable. They're they're in a I I would say they're in a similar lane. They are, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. That makes more sense to me.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um Okay, so getting off of that real quick. So you started popping off in 2016, uh, and then when did you start working on your? Before we get into your album, actually, you started working on a bunch of singles yeah. before that, yeah. and so 2016, 2017 was sort of like your work on that, and then 2017 then probably was your work on your album then as well, right? Yeah. So
2: 20 yeah 2016, was like my main focus was singles. 2017, I was like, I'm gonna start working on a project, um, but I was like, I need to continue to put out a couple singles every now and then. Um, and I was very cognizant. A lot of people were like, T, I don't think you release music enough. Really? And I was, I was very cognizant of that, and I was like, no, I don't want to be in a situation where I put out a song every two weeks or every three weeks. Um, that's very prolific. That's really dope. I'm really proud of people that can do that. But for me, just the way I write, I, I, I take a lot of time. And I don't really want to put out something that I personally don't like. Yeah. Um, Or I don't feel like I gave it my best. I don't like putting that kind of music out. Yeah. And I also think it sets a precedence with uh your fan base to be like, oh, okay, like, T just put out a single. Let's enjoy the single for a month. And then, you know, from the date of release, like, six weeks to, like, Ten weeks, we can expect another song, so like another song to come out. Yeah. So for me, I was like, okay, I'd rather have that where like people know there's gonna be a little bit of a wait. Um, and I think that's because I don't know. I think if people are expecting music from you like consistently all the time, and then you take a month off, they're gonna be like, "Yo, what happened, bro? Like you fell yeah. off," and that's just yeah, yeah. that's like an unrealistic expectation to have. Yeah. Um, yeah, then they, the man, has bills to pay. I have a job, right? Like mm-hmm. I have a dog. Yeah. You know, like so <laughs> I got, I got. A lot of other things going on too so. You're a busy guy Yeah, so anyway Most of 2017 It was like I was working on the on the project On the back end um, The first song that was actually recorded uh, Was Mines And that was recorded like a, a year I guess a year ago now It was August 2017 Oh shit And that song didn't come out Until March 2018 So I'd literally been sitting on that song Because I knew I was like I like the song a lot I'm going to put it on my project uh, And it was the first one to be done So I just sat on it, and uh, I just kind of kept working on other music. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of where I was at with it. Dope, okay. And was your
0: mindset when you were making that just sort of like, when you're making the project for These Are The Times, were you finding that your mindset was a little different versus just making your singles? Like, were you planning on making those singles a part of your your album in the first place, or
2: what were you thinking on that? Yeah, so I think... I think with my initial singles, um, okay. Let me just track back real quick. Yeah, yeah. So when I was when I first was making like 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 hip hop music, it was like hip hop live band, um, very like conscious rap, very like very like lyrical, very like Kendrick lyri- style, very, very lyric heavy shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kendrick style, um, like very very lyric heavy shit. And so when I started putting out the singles, I finally kind of got out that mindset of like, it doesn't have to be lyric heavy. It has to be um, cadence and flow and, and melody heavy. Like it needs to, I, I and I found from doing the singles like that, like having an approach of like, I want a, a really consistent flow and I, really, I want like a really consistent delivery. Um, I think that really helped these are the times so these are the times i was like okay i want to make sure that i'm taking kind of the sound of 2017 the sound of 2018 um but putting just a little bit more care in general into the lyrics right um and so actually a lot of people i think were very surprised when they actually listened to the project a few times and they're like oh he's actually saying some 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 like introspective or like very thoughtful stuff on here he's not just like Swag rapping. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah And most of the singles that came out, they were just like swag songs. Like yeah, just, yeah. I just want to swag on people. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, being able to do that, I think it was the biggest mentality shift now is that, okay, like I can say something and I need to say something because it's a full project. And I think with a full project, if you're saying something on it, it's going to give your project more life. It will. Yeah. Because yeah. people can revisit it and re listen to it and they can find new thoughts. Um, or if it's just thought-provoking and you're in, and they're in a different place in their life, you know, six weeks after it comes out or six months after it comes out, they listen to a song and they're like, I really relate to that. Yeah. So for me, that, I think that was the major, the major, like... The singles to me, and I hate to say this, they're more like throwaways, mm. right? They're just like, I just want to put it out, make sure people like know that I'm still working on music. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think when I'm doing like a, a project... It's a lot more like, like, like I'm very cognizant of like I wanted to have a theme or a couple of themes that are consistent throughout all the songs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just kind of putting it together that way. Um, I think was the biggest change or biggest change of mentality
0: yeah because it sounds like that it's it's got a very nocturnal sound to it and it almost sounds like we're going into your mind and just sort of like seeing what your mind's at and where you see yourself headed you Mm -hmm. know and i i really appreciate that i do love songs that are just sort of like fun to play and just sort of like yeah you know like boss like little pump or gucci gang or whatever but like when there's a concept to it all it for me makes it far more immersive to sort of like Get to know the artist better and the personality. I think so too. I think
2: it's really important to have um, that 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 engagement and a little bit of intellect because, like, okay, it just fosters a healthy relationship with the people who support you because they feel like they know you. That's right. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, I look at J. Cole as like the model, like the ideal model of like, this is what I would like my fan base to look like one day, because. Man, I've been listening to J. Cole since the come up. So you know, we're talking, like, over 10 years now listening yeah. to J. Cole. Well, actually, maybe about 10 years. So, yeah, like, and I, I I, feel like I know J. Cole. Yeah. I feel like I've kind of grown up with him. Yeah. Like, I like when he was talking about college, like, I was like, okay, I get it, bro. I know I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so I just kind of feel like I've grown with him and seen him develop as, a, as an artist because he, he lets you in so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year when I when he came to Rogers, and I saw him, I, it was the first time I'd seen an artist. Uh, and I've seen Kendrick, I've seen Drake, yeah, and in their own rights, they're probably quote unquote better performers, like like in the in the traditional sense of like an actual performance, uh, an entertainment, entertainment factor, yeah. yeah. But like, man, like just the feeling in the room, like. You know, like the amount of times like J. Cole had to stop and be like, Yo, guys, like, I, I get it. Like, I, you're, you're chanting my name. Like, yeah. It was, it was like people looking at him like he's like the messiah. Yeah. People you know, like, do see J. Cole as the messiah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, like, I, I think like that's the model of success you want, where it's like the slow grind is going to be better for you than having a viral hit in yeah. the long run because your fans are good. j cole can put up he can put out a trash album and it's gonna go platinum <laughs>
3: yeah he actually I, could like yeah, he put yeah. Out oh a yeah
2: garbage album people think
0: that kod was garbage i don't think
2: so i enjoy kod um i enjoyed I, people thought for your eyes was garbage too i i enjoyed that one yeah but i, I think it's man like i don't know like if, if you've been following j cole as long as i have like you know what he has in his bag yeah right? like you know like if he really wants to like be that if he really wants to be that guy on a, on a track like he can be that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I I get kind of how people will want a little bit more fire from him at times. But uh it's also like Forest Hills was like it was it was a perfect album. Right? So yeah it's kind of hard to follow that up like realistically. Yeah. It, it's like I I mean it's I maybe maybe a little too soon to say it's a classic just mm-hmm. cuz of time, time time frame but I feel like it's going to be considered a classic in, like, the next two, three years.
0: Yeah, definitely. When did that come out
2: again? Uh, December 2014.
0: Oh, yeah, it's way too soon. People yeah. called uh, Good Kid, Mad City a classic. Like, a year after it came, I was like, come on, yeah. bro. like,
2: <laughs> let us stand the test of time. I'd yeah. say, was that, was that 2013? Good kid? 2013, yeah. It's only a year difference between. Uh, yeah, I feel like if, you, if, you're, if, the, if it still has a cultural impact five, six years later, I think you can be like, yeah, this is fair to say this is a, a classic album, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, if people are saying, you know, uh, Scorpion is a classic album, like, bro, that just came out. Let's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. chill out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I, I, uh, I definitely think that's kind of the model for success. Mm-hmm. The model for, like, how you want your fan base to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fair, man. So that's where you eventually see yourself going. I mean yo like obviously like i think i'm I think I'm talented i think i'm I'm nice I, <laughs> yeah I think, I think I have real support which is which is huge for me I
0: think you your sixty three hundred listeners think so too <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that's 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 actually super blessed, I didn't even know it was that it was that number, yeah, and like that's like three four months after the project came out too that's wild So that's good right because like yeah your first month is gonna be where it's like the most popping yeah i kind of i kind of didn't think it'd be that high i thought it would drop down quite a bit so that's that's really i didn't even know that bro you're putting me on game right now yeah so I, i think for me man the next goal is like the next project i put out is just to expand that followership a little bit yeah um and then just being consistent with them For sure. Did you, what did you find
0: changed after your album dropped in your life? Um, (laughs) have you noticed people in your life have maybe started looking at you different, talking to you different, more randoms are hitting you up? I'd say,
2: honestly, I, I really hate to be that cliche guy right now, but a lot has changed. Yeah. A lot has really changed, man. Um, I mean yeah I'll, I'll get into it a little bit like it, it it's on so many different levels um, so much has changed I feel like and uh, I'll start with my biggest victory the one that means the most to me um, when I was putting out singles a lot of people really shit on me mm. really shit on me man this guy's trying to make pop music man this guy's yo he's not that good of a rapper man it all like saying all these things and I'm like okay cool like I, it's, it's fine I was like I'll let you know now I'm a very petty person yo I'm a very petty person so like when when people kind of shit on me a bit like I may not like publicly react I mean, I'll keep it cool but I, I like I keep the receipts bro like I yeah. know I know who has an opinion of me and I know who feels a way about me yeah and like I don't just like sit in my room and like you know like Ruminate write, write death it. threats about them or something yeah. like that but like it really motivates me mm-hmm. it really motivates me so my biggest win was like knowing people who who don't like me or don't like my music hearing my project and being like fuck like i can't really say much yeah like that's that's a really good feeling man yeah having people who you would in a traditional sense consider your enemies send you a message and be like just so you know we really enjoyed your project or like or or they give you like the backhanded compliment like we think you have a lot of potential man just keep doing your thing yeah yeah and At the end of the day, man, like that was really, really big for me. So I, I think on something, on like a, on a very like surface level kind of approach, like that was a change that, I felt really good about because I was like, man, like these are are not supposed to like my music, mm-hmm. uh, and they and they do, yeah, um, and that's that that to me was huge, um, but like there's a lot of other things that have changed. Um, I, I don't know if it was just the album coming out, it was like the month of March, like. I got the Nelly show I did Nelly Yeah I did Recess And I put out an album And it was just like A lot of It was three Kind of major wins for me hmm And And then the project Like a lot of people Listened to it And I think in that month They looked at Kind of the things That had happened And this is another Major win for me They stopped viewing me As like a guy Who makes music And they're like He's an artist Yes Like so That became my title which was huge for me like okay people are taking me a little bit more seriously now mm. which i felt amazing about but then the, the, the other stuff man like yeah like yeah a lot more people hit me up now for features a lot more people my producers send me beats all the time like so yeah like I, i'd probably say like three or four times a week i get like a 40 pack of producers sending me beats wow yeah it's it's cool man damn um, it's very very cool um, like booking shows is a lot easier now. Yeah. Um, that's Spotify when Spotify selected me to be on.
0: Yeah, they they put you on to um, Northern Bars and Fresh Finds. Yeah, which man. is sp- so
2: sick. When they put me on there, man, like, ah, man, like I was getting like I was getting like offers for shows In like Toronto, getting offers for shows in like LA. Wow. And it was it was cool. It was yeah. Cool. When they have I mean, people like, you know, people were like offering me shows and I was like, bro, like, oh, like I'm realistic, man. I, 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 like, I'm not going to charge someone to fly me to Toronto. Um, I'm not going to charge them like a crazy amount of money. Like, like, bro, just cover my flights and give me like a little bit of bread. Like, it's, Yeah. And I am saying just like a very, very minimal. I, I see the benefit of like being able to play shows wherever, on a, like a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Um, So some people didn't follow through with the financial end of it because they didn't realize in Canada how expensive it is to fly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, like I I think with the Spotify playlisting, that was really good as far as like artist support. And like my peers looking at me is like, oh, okay, like he's doing something that um, like the coveted um, streaming platform is in support of. Like let's take a little bit more notice of him. So yeah, I was super blessed. But then, like, I don't know, man. Like, you get more attention from, like, girls. You get more attention from, like, people you don't know. Like, people are asking you for, like, pictures and stuff. Yeah. It's weird. I've had that happen a few times now. It's just, surreal? Like, it's a little bit weird, man. Yeah. Because I definitely, like, I, I think... By far, this is a lot of success for me. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ignorant, bro. Like, it's I know in the grand scheme of things, like having 110 110 k streams on an album on a local scale, small micro scale, it's it's great, man. Like, it's a, it's actually a big deal. You but gotta realize, lo- if you want a perspective, that's a third of the population of Kelowna. Yeah, I know it's crazy, <laughs> but like on a macro scale, like. Guys are putting out singles and like getting hundred K streams in like five minutes. You know what yeah. I mean? So on a macro scale I understand that it's not that big of a deal. So for me, I don't look at myself as if as if I'm a big time artist. I'm I'm not too gassed up about myself. Mm-hmm. So when people ask me for photos, it's really weird. But they're just like But it's cool, man. Some people be like, Yo, I saw you I see the moves you're doing and it's like I want a photo now. Yeah. Before I can't get one in the future. And I, yeah. you know, I'm like, that's like really that's really great support. Yeah. Um, and I'm so, yeah, super thankful for Kelowna. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like a large, large portion of my following is in Kelowna. That's why I come back here so often from Van. Yeah. Um, and I think the next goal for me is, like, to continue. If I can foster the same kind of support and, and, and following in Vancouver that I have here, mm-hmm. I really feel like I can't be stopped.
3: Yeah,
0: See, that's the thing. Record labels want to see that you have the local support first. They want to see that you've built the infrastructure and that you already have the following, so it's less work for them and more money that they could potentially give you, yeah. right? So are you planning on in the future signing to a record label, or, or were you more so thinking of like doing it completely independently with like Chance the Rapper
2: type of vibe? Yeah, man. I, I, I'm, I'm, kind, I'm not opposed to the idea of signing a record deal. It just has to be the right time yeah right like i because reco- right now it'd be re- pre- kind of premature right 100 percent. yeah if, if sony came to me in like a month and they're like hey imagine right after i dropped my next project rose tape august 28th <laughs> um right after i put that out if sony came to me like hey man we want to give you a deal um obviously i would review it because like who wouldn't review that's like something like people dream of right mm-hmm. but i would have to be very honest with myself and be like dude like do you have the cachet where you can remain in control of your own music? Yeah. Do you have the cachet for for a business like Sony to care about you enough that they don't put you at the bottom of the pecking order as far as releases? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the one thing I have now is, like, I can record my own music. I can mix my own music. I you can, own your own masters? I own my own masters. Like, I write all my own shit. And I can release it whenever I want. Yeah. So let's say August 20th comes and I'm like, hey guys, I have one new song that I wanna put on the rose tape, but I'm gonna have to push the project back one week. That's my choice. Yeah. Right? Because I know it's gonna be better for my audience and for the project. Yeah. I'm not getting pushed back because artist X, artist Y, artist Z are more important financially to the label. Mm-hmm. So that's why I I'd, I'd, I'd probably be inclined to say no. I, I again again I would totally review it, but I'd be more inclined to say no um, at this point. But after I get similar support in like a Vancouver as I have here in Kelowna, um, and then I can spend a good year really growing within Western Canada and down to the states, and then obviously Toronto because it's kind of like our, our rap mecca. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, After I can kind of get a bit more cachet just on an independent scale, like in a year's time, if a label approached me, I'd again have to vet it and kind of honestly think of where I'm at. Yeah. But I would be more inclined to look into it in a year, two years, three years from now. Right. Um, Right now, yeah, I definitely think it's premature.
0: Yeah, I think that's smart. That's a very smart way to go, for sure. And plus a label would take you more seriously if you were to like – say, no, I don't think my, right now is the time, maybe come back in a year or so. And mm-hmm. if they were to see that you're able to, like, grow even more success just all by yourself, then I think it would, it would look better on you. Yeah. I, I, think,
2: I think the thing that I would like um, in 2018 or 2019 is I would like to sign a management deal with someone. Mm. That, I think, is a lot more reasonable ask and expectation of both myself and somebody else. Yeah. Um, just having someone. Yeah, I was straight, like straight up. Like, if you have no connections and you have no money, it's very hard to have your music heard. Mm-hmm. And I don't have connections. I don't have money. <laughs> right. So, literally everything that has been achieved, it's just purely because people, for some reason, like my music. Yeah. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna throw it out there I think a large part of why Kelowna supports me so much is there's there's a there's a big wave right now of, of like Kelowna people making hip-hop and r and B. I I noticed yeah right yeah I kind of the first single the first two singles it came out right before that wave mm-hmm. so um like there's obviously OGs in the city that have been rapping forever like I'm not discrediting them at all like there's guys who've been doing their thing holding it down for a minute but I'm just saying like with a more like modern contemporary kind of sound Mm -hmm. um, yeah I kind of started that I was kind of at the the forefront of that when it kind of started Right. Um, and so I think just remaining consistent with it I think people really gravitated towards that because they were like he's a guy from our city he's making pretty cool music uh, he's consistent, he works hard, and, like, he's really going for it. Yeah. And I think that was a large reason why people started to kind of be like, I can get behind him. hmm And as much as people will laugh and be like, yo, like, yeah, you're a big-time artist in Kelowna, it's like, that's fine, bro. You can laugh at me or you can laugh at anyone from a small town who has a good following in a small town, but that small town saved my song enough times and they replayed my songs enough times that spotify canada was like something's happening here Mm -hmm. let's just give it a shot yeah and i've been on northern bars for almost three months wow right like i've been on a playlist with drake tory lanes yeah omar links like 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 uh jazz, Cartier. I've been on a playlist with those artists. It shows you where you're going. Right, for three months. Like yeah. I had they didn't they haven't dropped me. Yeah. That's what's weird to me. Yeah. So when people kind of shit on me before about having a good fan base in a small town, I was like, okay, fine, whatever. But like that fan base got the largest streaming service in the world to take a little bit of notice of me. Yeah. And because they took a little bit of notice of me, now Vancouver knows me a lot more. Toronto knows me a lot more. So I just think, I just think it's, 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 I'm super blessed, super fortunate, and I just gotta like remain consistent with it. Mm -hmm. And like, I think we kind of touched on it earlier, like the idea of people want, people, people are like, yo, I'm gonna make a song and it's gonna pop, it's gonna go viral. Like that's just, that's the wrong mentality to have. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. That's the wrong mentality to have because one, you can't bank on that Mm-mm. it's too much chance too much chance and like two even if a song does go viral you don't like yeah if i have a fight us on that went viral tomorrow of course i'd be happy right but i've also i also really know i know how to make music yeah you do and i know i actually have a bit of a catalog right now that's pretty consistent yeah so people would be like okay he's gonna be around for a while But if you're prematurely just releasing music and you put a single out and it just goes viral, your next release is going to have such so much like pressure on it that you're probably going to be let down Mm -hmm. because you're not going to really maintain that same kind of like steam. Yeah. Energy. Yeah. And like overnight success can also be overnight failure. That's right. So for me, I'm like, if I just continue to foster really good following organic following like authentic views authentic people commenting like if I get if I put something up and I get a hundred comments on it I'm very happy because I'm like that's a hundred people who they, they, they fuck with me enough to like comment on my shit yeah so I just keep doing that it's going to continue to grow and then it's one of two things are going to happen either one song will catch and I have a great catalog at that point and everything will be good Mm -hmm. or i'll just have enough songs that have 100k streams 200k streams on like spotify and people and spotify will take notice of that or a label will take notice of that or a management company will take notice of that and be like we can work with this artist because he's fostered a following
0: right well think about it you just started and you're already at 100k Mm -hmm. so imagine you keep on doing this you know um let's say you drop 10 projects or let's, let's say you drop, like you have two projects coming out this year. Let's say you have three more, right? Let's say you do like two next year, then one after that 2020 you're at 500 K like plays and streams overall. Yeah. Right. Halfway to a million. Like you're on a, on, you're on a track to like really, really like do something cool. Cause like the perception is already there. The perception mm-hmm. of you being on that place is already there. So I feel like the trajectory that you're heading on is like, Really solid. And you have a good head on your shoulders. You understand what the long-term gain is, game is. Yeah. And the macro scale of everything is what truly, truly matters. Yeah.
2: And, like, literally what you're saying, like, that's, that's my plan. Yeah. Like, two more projects this year. Next year, two projects. And then 2020, just one project for the entire year. Yeah. And let's work on collaborations and singles in that year. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the plan because I just I just see yeah like you just said man it's like it's better to have like the long-term vision really like look at it be able to kind of kind of assess it and me putting out less music in a year means that that one project that i work on or those two projects that i work on are going to be better yeah because i'm allowed to put more time into it yeah and like hopefully i'm not just working in my freaking apartment (laughs) i can actually work in in a legitimate studio again yeah um and the
0: space between projects is important too right yeah it builds tension just think about it like when frank ocean dropped blonde was crazy four years of tension yeah so and that just blew
2: up that's the thing man it's like people with how disposable and like how microwave music is right now because it just comes out so fast yeah people forget about the weight yeah you know like i remember like i remember like being excited because i like rollouts used to be completely different mm-hmm. you know like 10 years ago yeah, yeah rollouts were like if a single's coming out you can bet your ass that like in two and a half months an album's coming yeah and like i remember growing up with that and being like yo i'm so excited for this dude to drop his album and now when i think about it in hip-hop especially there's only a handful of artists that have that mm-hmm. who would you know? that be for you um it's it's a little bit different um, because – but, yeah, I think people are, like, willing to wait on the, – the big three, people are willing to wait on Kendrick, Drake, J. Cole. Yeah. Like that's that's a given. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of, like, smaller artists or, quote, unquote, smaller artists that have built that cachet now. Like, Logic, I feel, has got an amazing following. Yeah, he does. Right? And it's like he's an artist where, like, you're willing to wait. mm mm-hmm a year because you know he's going to deliver yeah um Russ love him or hate him (laughs) he has that with his fan base yeah people are willing to wait Mm mhm um so I, I think that's just like Kanye like people are willing to wait love him or hate him yeah Jay Z people are willing to wait yeah just because they know like When it when it comes out Shit's gonna be fire
0: Oh 100% And honestly I thought the wait for Ye And Daytona And all those projects Were so worth it uh, Probably Best month of music This this oh, year so far It was fire
2: Yeah Oh yeah It was fire And the thing was It was like Man yo Kanye was really fucking up Yeah He was really <laughs> fucking up man And I was just like Dude Kanye West is another artist That like I've been listening to since I was like 11 Yeah right? Yeah So I also feel like I like I know him because he used to be very introspective, very honest. Yeah. Um and then seeing kind of where he's been, I just feel like I spend a lot of my time defending Kanye to people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it yeah. was just in that two weeks where I was like, "Oh man, yo, I can't I can't even say anything, bro, because that is just such a dumb thing to say, dude."
0: Yeah, I know, I know. But I genuinely think here's another conspiracy theory that I have on this. I genuinely think that Kanye's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He's obviously you can't be like stupid and get to the place that he's at. He's genuinely a smart guy. 100%. He says things that he's know that he knows are going to like uh, stir up a controversy, right? Mm-hmm. He he always does this on a consistent basis. 100%. When you watch that interview that he did with Charlemagne, he's completely sensible and yeah. and uh, what he talks about makes sense about his psyche and everything. And then when he goes to TMZ, then everything freaks out. And what do you think TMZ is known for? Just being fucking wild, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's why he acts that way. It's like completely contradictory to what he was doing with Charlemagne. Yeah, and so I genuinely think that like everybody was just playing into it, and he, and it and everybody believed exactly what he wanted
2: to. He he manifested the whole thing. Yeah, I, honestly, man, like I, I can't. I can see it. To yeah, be honest with you, I can honestly see. To me, that, that just it's just what makes sense to me. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a theory. Like I feel like Kanye West is. Like there should be like a psychology class on Kanye West. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because for sure, like his psyche, his mentality, like uh, there's just so many layers to it. But I would say I agree with you that he was he had to be somewhat aware of like getting a re- uh, what kind of reaction he would get at TMZ, and he knew he had to be a certain way at TMZ. Yeah. I feel like the slavery comment he may have been like he pushed uh, it too far. Yeah. I think he. Yeah. Maybe, I think when the dude called him out. Like, when I watched that video back, like, you can just, like, see him, like, self-assessing and being like, yeah, I might have fucked up. Yeah, bit. yeah, like, yeah, I might have fucked up. But I remember when that happened, I was like, Kanye, this is only, literally the only way you can save your career at this point is you have to put out the most fire music. And he did. And he did, yo. Yo. Yeah, is such a fire album.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. I, I love that album. I keep on playing it back and forth, forwards and backwards. It's amazing all the way through. And Kitsy Ghosts is crazy, too. Kitsy Ghosts is dope. Daytona's dope. What do you prefer, Kitsy Ghosts or Daytona? Or, sorry,
2: Kitsy Ghosts or Ye? I'd say yay.
3: Yeah? Say I feel
2: the yay. same way. Yeah. I just feel like... that This was a project. Ye was, like... He was, he was kind of letting us back in again. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, Kanye, this is exactly what you needed to release. Yeah. Like what you're talking about, what you're saying. Like... Hearing yourself open up about being bipolar, um, struggling with depression. Yeah. I thought this is exactly what you needed to say because, one, these things are true. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or from what I know, they're true. Yeah. And (laughs) and two, like, like, yeah, like, you have to have people like you again. So the only way you can do that is just by being yourself and being honest.
0: Yeah, and we empathize and
2: sympathize with him a little bit more after understanding what his mental state was. And, like, I I think it's crazy, man. Like, I put out a project in March— and I already can tell you people like Interact with me differently mm-hmm. So I was like yo can you imagine For like 15 years You put out nothing but fire ass music Yeah For 15 years you put out nothing but fire ass shoes Yeah You put out nothing but love it or hate it Fire ass clothing Like yeah, Everything yeah. you do Is so successful And uh, I forget which track it was it was like it was kinda of hard to be humble when you're stunt on a jumbotron. <laughs> and I thought about it, I was like, yo, like honestly, bro, like just being an independent artist, the amount know, of people I meet who are way too confident. Like they overly belie- like they overly like they think that they think they're the shit. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, like we're all we're all just grinding right now, dude. Yeah. Like, but a lot of people just genuinely think they're the shit. And I'm just like, could you imagine how much harder it is to be humble when you're literally on a screen that's like 40 feet yeah that's crazy yeah wow i've never really thought about that perspective before so i i think his entire reality is, is skewed man like like he he's married he's married into the most famous family for good or bad reasons mm-hmm. um i'd probably say in the world yo like yeah like they're like they're like Almost as famous as like the queen, you know, like that. Yeah. Like there's it's, it's like everything about his life is so accelerated. is so like blown up and like ridiculously like blown out of proportion. And I don't think he has enough people who keep him grounded. Yeah. Since his mom passed anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, Rest in peace. R.I.P. But, yeah, I don't know. For me, that's kind of just, like, my my thought process with Kanye. Yeah. That's, like, we could literally talk for, like, two hours about
0: Oh, Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. No, Kanye is such a fascinating guy. He needs a biography. Like, I don't feel like he's at the place yet to have it, but I would so love to read his biography on his life.
2: Yeah, 100%. I just feel like like there's so much that happens in his life in the back end that no one sees, no one knows about. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a very small independent artist, dude. But, like, I already know that, like, there's a lot of really greasy shit that happens in the industry.
3: Yeah, there's
0: even, a lot of smoke and mirrors, man. Yeah, even at this level, there's a lot of super greasy shit. Yeah, because people's self-awareness isn't there. You know, they try to, like, step over top of each other to get yeah. to, the, to the place. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Have you been practicing anything to sort of, like, keep yourself grounded or anything that you do to, like, keep your psyche in check? Um
2: there's a few things that i do i'll I'll be honest with you man like i'm i'm a, like i i I have i have pretty bad anxiety really i have yeah i have pretty bad anxiety Mm. um so for myself like obviously having anxiety and like like always being consistently worried about like my own mental health yeah there are things that i have in place to kind of look after myself already yeah right like i have like Systems. if, like, I feel an attack coming on or if I, I start going to a dark place in my mind, I have, like, things in place where it's like, okay, T, check yourself, look after yourself, meet the people that care about you, reach out to them. Like, I, I have things in place that'll help me with that. Yeah. So that's good already um, as far as can, I'm keeping myself grounded. Right. But I say my two biggest strengths as far as trying to stay as grounded as I can is one... Self-awareness Like mm-hmm. I just caught So many L's Between like Working with all those, those Like uh Like independent bands And like investing All A lot of time and energy Into people And basically coming out With nothing Yeah Um Like so many L's So many L's That like I'm very self-aware now Of like Where I'm investing my time Who I'm investing my time Into Um I'm very aware of like People's demeanor And their Their body language Is communicating to me Yeah 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 And I'm a little paranoid. Okay. Like I don't I don't trust everyone so easily. Right. Um, so I, I say the self awareness is, is very key. Yeah, absolutely. But I also have a couple people who are I keep close who will just tell me, Yo, bro, you're fucking up. Really? Yeah. I, wow. I, I try to minimize having yes man in my mm-hmm. corner. Smart. That's very smart. Yeah, because I feel like and it's easy, man. Like when someone's like when when, when when things look like Yo this guy might pop Man like It's easy to like Get excited for him And then yeah. just want to like Praise him And shower him a compliments Cause you kind of like That's your guy right That's your boy Or like yeah. that's your girl Whatever right And you yeah. just want to support You want to be there For the ride And the journey But sometimes You just need people That'll be like Yeah This track wasn't good bro mm-hmm. Don't put it out And I have A handful of people Who I know um, Will tell me that Yeah like Yeah it's not good bro That's or, smart yeah, so I, I, keeping those relationships are really important to me and trying to keep my circle small is really important to me.
0: Yeah, oh yeah,
2: 100%. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, getting on that whole keeping your um, mind in check, uh, I was at a very dark place in 2015. That's when I really found... Uh, Ke- that's when Kendrick dropped to Pippa Butterfly, which is to mm. me... Uh, The best project he's ever done, and to me also um, probably the best uh, record I've heard for the entire decade, for sure, for me. And so I went to go see him in Washington, D.C., and I got to meet him there as well um, for November 1st. And I asked him, actually, how do you keep your ego in check when you find that with all the noise around you, um, you know, it just keeps on inflating? and, And, you know, the ego does deprecate artistry and like your craft mm-hmm. and what he told me was just prayer and meditation and so like that resonated with me a lot and so yeah. take that for you know what it's worth but um i thought it was just an important thing because kendrick has a really good head on his shoulders like i can tell that he's uh, quite a conflicted person and the same relationship that you have with j cole i have with kendrick mm-hmm. and so he's a really conflicted individual but he keeps a straight head on himself and he like keeps it
2: yeah keeps it Yeah 100 percent, man like You need to make time for yourself um, and however you you spend that time for yourself. Like it needs to be truly um, a time of like, I think, self-reflection. Yeah. So prayer, meditation or journaling, like whatever you can do to, um, I say, get it out. Yeah. I, I I think that's an amazing thing about like people who have faith as well. Yeah um, Faith based people I think that's really An amazing thing Is like Being able to kind of Give your issues up To your God Your deity Yeah um, Kind of surrender them A little bit Right um, I, I, I think that's amazing um, I know for myself um, Again you, just, it, it's, you kind of have to be A certain breed of person To be honest with you I think to kind of Navigate this industry And kind of keep a good Head on your shoulders For sure Because a lot of people will be like, you know what, man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay this down, you know, before God. I'm just gonna talk, pray about it, and they'll feel better. But sometimes I'm like, but are you dealing with it?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right at the end of the day, like, like so you just you, sometimes you, you really need to deal with things. Like, yeah, 100. You, you, you need to like, you need to be. Yeah, you just you, you can't you can't just like lay it down all the Cause
0: time because it'll fester inside 100%, you. 100. Right, totally
2: so, break you down. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think you gotta you gotta know the difference between. Letting something go Yeah Or just like Like letting it faster Like you said Yeah exactly That's hard That's very hard Yeah oh 100% It could like
0: break people sometimes Yeah Yeah It's very hard
2: to do yo Yeah yeah Um, But I think that's amazing advice Yeah
0: Absolutely Kendrick has like Completely changed my life For sure 100% Yeah I'm gonna get I don't have any tattoos And I've never really cared for them But I know for sure I'm gonna get two lines From his song Mama tattooed on my legs No, That track is crazy I know Hearing him live do it mind-blowing but i'm gonna have on my legs in my handwriting i know the universe works mentally on the left and then i know the perks of bullshit isn't meant for me on the right so yeah um it's about it's hitting uh, 11 o'clock here for you here, do you uh do would you like to wrap this up a little bit? or no, let's keep it going, bro. Keep I'm it good, going. Yeah. Okay, I'm dope. Good. There's so much stuff that I like want to talk to you yeah, about. It's no, crazy. No, it. uh, it's been it's been awesome having you here so far. I appreciate but, it, man. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, getting back into it, um, I wanted to let you know by the way that I thought the rookie season music video was really smart. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah, I thought having cam and those girls sing the lyrics of rookie season was so smart i was just like
2: man yeah i, I think man i i gotta say and i'm kind of glad you segued into sorry i gotta say and i'm glad you segued into music videos um none of this would be happening without kb yeah i like I'm going to be, I'm just going gonna, gonna to say pause now because I'm going to say some really soft shit. <laughs> go, but like, go for honestly, it. Honestly, I am, I am so thankful Yeah. for what he has done for me and enabled me to do. And we look at things like we're a team. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really good. Um, it's a really, really healthy relationship. And I approach him with ideas. I have a song. I say this is my idea. These are like two things that I really, really want to happen in the visual. And then I just say, "But you're the creative, bro." So I then I just trust him with it. Yeah, trust the process. So my I came up with the idea of the of like having everyone else singing the lyrics. Yeah. And I was just like, I there's too many rap videos right now that are coming out that are all the exact same right and i was like i need to start differentiating myself in order to kind of stand out a bit more and rookie season uh according to the 50 blogs that shut me down oh is um their loss yeah i (laughs) know um but according to them is is too mainstream of a song really yeah wow that's fine like no i I have i actually have no bad blood towards any like blogs about that because I get it. It's your niche market. You want to cater to your niche market. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, there so to be fifty people who work at a blog, and one person can be. You can literally sometimes like someone sends me a song, and I like I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But then I listen to it like a couple hours later after I take a nap, and be like, oh, that sounds actually kind of fire. Yeah. So if you, you listen to one song one time, and you have like a million submissions to go through. Of course, bro, like some, you're gonna have some songs where you are just like I just don't like it. Yeah. Uh, and it could be completely subjective to your mood. But i am aware that it is a very like mainstream kind of billboardy kind of song Mm -hmm. and i'm that's what i wanted to make dude you're owning it though yeah i love it right yeah yeah. but i was like we need to separate ourselves a bit in the video and what we can do through our instagram so my idea was just to have everyone else kind of sing the lyrics because i wanted people to be able to like yo this is i have ownership of this song like what we're talking about in this song like This is for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, And then also I thought about the marketing side of it, too. It was like, you know, we have, you know, these three or four amazing girls who did a great job in the video, but they have their own followings. They have their own fans. They have their own friends and family. So for them to be able to say, yo, mom, check this video I was was in. And then people watch the video and they're like, yo, you really killed it. They're going to be more inclined to share it because they're like, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Right. So having everyone to be able to do that on their end and be like, yo, I'm really proud of you. You really own this video. I thought it was a smart marketing tool. It is very smart. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And then the stuff with like pausing the video and then like having me talk and rewinding it, like that was all KB. Wow. I had no, I didn't know. He, was doing that. he just said, yo, I want you to tell me. But like, he's like, can you record something? I was like, sure. He's like, just tell me, talk about rookie season, what it means to you. And I was like, OK. And I sent it to him and then he just did the video. And I was like. All right, it's pretty dope. So fire. Dope. <laughs> I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, yeah. So that's really where I, my my head was at, yo. It's just like, just kind of. I want it, like I want all my visuals kind of going forward to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and it
0: contrasts the music. In a really nice way. It's not like conflicting, but it's actually pretty complimentary. Like, even though the sound of your album is like kind of dark and nocturnal, the music video is like really bright
2: and like yeah. captivating. Yeah, that was also KB. Yeah. Cause, yeah, man, I'm just a sad boy, bro. Like, I just <laughs> want everything to be dark and and like I don't know. Yeah, like like you like the, the, like very nocturnal, very like ethereal. Yeah. Um, and KB was like, no, we're gonna do this in the daytime, bro. Yeah. And I was like. Alright, I'm just trusted him with it, it.
0: worked, man. It yeah. really worked. Especially that shot with uh Camso in the in the mirror. I just love it. It's just like that's what I would do or like other people would
2: do. They would just like yeah. hype each other
0: up in the mirror, you yeah, know? So just,
2: relatable. Yeah, Loved man. it. I I thought that was a sick shot. It was just like really like Man, that oh, it's actually crazy, dude. Like I remember when we put that video out. Yeah. The amount of people who shared it, who liked it, who commented on it, who messaged me and me like, this is really dope, dude. Yeah. I was like super blessed with, I was very, very f- happy about that. Yeah. And what I really like about, I really like about that song is like, it doesn't have crazy views. It doesn't have like hundred thousand K views on on yeah. YouTube or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But like i don't know in a weird way it's like it kind of meant something to people man yeah it did and like when people kind of stumble on it like i will every now and do like a sponsored ad of that video on instagram i have a lot of people just message me and be like yo man like what you're saying really motivated me bro yeah and i was like shit dude like that's that's legit yeah and that's
0: important um, in terms of like you as an artist, right? Because <laughs> you're at a point where it's just sort of like you're balancing the lyrics. You're balancing the lyrics really well to a point of relatability, but it's also like it hits, it hits you on a cerebral level. That's you dope. Know? That's a huge compliment. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really strong balance, and uh, that's a thing that I don't know if a lot of people are necessarily aware of, but you seem to be. So it's uh it's dope. Yeah, it's really
2: cool. I, I really take a lot of time. Um, and that's and man, that's always the battle. I'm like, I don't want to be. Like I I I always battle between like being too introspective and or too relatable. Yeah. It's like I always battle with it. Sometimes I'll rewrite a verse like 20 times. Yeah. Like, really, really. I'd say that's probably my biggest pitfall. Is that I'm right now. I just know it's so important for me right now to make music that people want to share and and want to really like but also it has to mean something to me yeah um i think when when it comes to 2019 i think at that point i'll have a bit more freedom because i'll be like i will have kind of built up a rapport with my audience a bit more yeah 100 percent. and i think like these are the times it's kind of like softens your palate yeah and the rose tape is going to sound not really like these are the times at all
0: yeah is it like a little more melodic because i hear a little bit more melody show up on your instagram now
2: yeah so the rose tape um I, i'm not sure how far back you went on my instagram feed but uh i don't know if it was the end of last year or the beginning of this year i said i'm putting out three projects one is going to be these are the times mm-hmm. then it's going to be a collaborative project mm-hmm. and then for the soul.
0: Okay, who are you and who are you collaborating with?
2: So for the rose tape, um it's myself and every song is going to have one or two other voices on it. Oh, very cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. And really the rose tape, I guess is is kind of me exploring um my relationships like current relationships past relationships um not a lot of people know this but i was actually engaged at one point yeah. oh yeah I, was, yeah I was engaged at one point and then that kind of obviously we didn't get married um but it was bad it was, Yo. Really, it was really really bad uh how long ago was this um homegirl like we broke up i'd say six years ago Wow! But home- how old are you right now? Y'all don't even worry about it, man. But, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm 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 27. Okay. Um. But homegirl, yeah, we broke it off like six years ago, and homegirl moved here from Botswana to be with me. Wow! And so when we broke it off, we had like two, three years of like she didn't want to leave the country because she was happy here. Yeah. But then we were never really able to move on As To like the full capacity that we wanted to Yeah And so I had a lot of really broken relationships With new girls Yeah And She had I had this really huge broken relationship Um And then It kind of Kind of follows my journey of like Um Like newer relationships Right Kind of after coming out of that so the rose tape is really you know it's it's inspired by a handful of of people um and i really wanted to do something very different these are the times yeah because these are times it's going to be like you're going to get another you get these are times two is going to come out yeah These are times three is going to come out that's gonna be my series okay there'll always be snapshots because i always want to show people that yo i can do what your favorite rapper does as well as him. Yeah. And I'm trying to do it better than him. Yeah. That's why I want to show people every year, every two years, I want to put that out so that people are kind of aware that, oh shit, okay, this guy can, he's really nice. Yeah. 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 Um, But the rose tape, uh, yeah, it's just really good for me to collaborate with more people. And I was like, I wanted to have a little bit more of an R&B kind of, new wave like gold link kind of a in vibe to it yeah I i want to lean more into like the smino kind of vibe um just because one i think it's a super wavy sound yeah i really enjoy it yeah yeah um but two like i'm also starting to think now about like growing my audience right so if we're gonna get into numbers 55% 55% of my followers and listeners are males. I know, surprising. I'm just a fun plan. Um, 55% of my, my followers are male, right? Um, but six months ago, before I put out Spanish, Spanish banks in late night, yeah, it was 85%. Wow. That's crazy. That's a crazy change.
0: Yeah, that's also a really good ratio, by yeah, the way 55%.
2: That's yeah, it's a good ratio. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, I actually have a female audience that I kind of need to like cater to them as well. Yeah. Um so I'm I get complimented a lot about the song Late Night. Yeah, dude. I that's act- a fire song. Actually more from guys and girls. Really? You know? What? Because I think it's at the end of the day, it is still a love song. Yeah. But I wrote it from a like a grinder's perspective, mm. and I think a lot of guys could relate to that, and obviously girls can relate to that too, right? Yeah, of course. But it, I, I didn't make like super soft like R&B song that was like really like in my feelings, like super like down on myself kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it kind of connected. Mm-hmm. So that kind of inspired me to be like, okay, well if I can make music that I can cater to my guys supporting it, or tie them over a little bit. Um, but I can grow my female audience a bit more. And at the end of the day, here's a major key for any artist listening to music. At the end of the day, female audience influence the male audience way more than the other way around. Yeah. So how many times do you go to a show and the girl's there with her homegirl? And they're the two fans of the, of the actual act. But the boys came just because... The girls are there. The girls are there. Yeah. So you're literally doubling your followers by having a larger female fan that, base. Wow. So that's that's a major key. So for me, I was like, all right, well, I would like my... I would like it to switch to be like 55 to 60% female and then 40% male just because I can grow. Yeah. I can grow a lot faster that way. So... It is going to be a little bit more um, melodic, a little bit more R and B based. Uh, I get to work. I'm working with some really, really talented artists right now, and I'm still at a point right now where it's like I don't have to. I, no, I'm in. Let me say this. I'm at a point right now where like I I can choose who I want to work with. Um, I don't. Someone doesn't just hit me up at this point and be like, let's collaborate like i really vet it now right before i was just like yeah, "Let's work bro let's go 100 yeah. but now i can really vet it and so i'm like okay i'm thinking about long term like who can i build with in the long term mm-hmm. like who do i see in five years is gonna have a large following so that's kind of where my headspace is at now it's like it's all thinking about macro scale yeah so everyone i'm working with on this project they're on the project because i I believe in them as an artist.
0: Yeah, that's important. That shows integrity, by the way, because you want to support them.
2: Yes, I do. I do, right? And so um, for me, it's going to be super dope that in like the next little bit, I get to put out something that's very different because I don't want people to really compare it to these at the times. Mm -hmm. Um, Something different, something that's going to potentially grow my audience. I know some guys are going to be like, yo, bro, it's just too soft. So for them, um, I'm also going to put out a couple little singles where i'm just going i'm really going in yeah okay just so just so that they know that like yo like i'm not i'm not changing my sound i think I thought i want people to understand is like i'm doing concept projects right now right i'm like everything is a concept so i'm not changing my sound these are the times was not my sound it's not gonna be my final sound i'd really enjoy these are the times Rose tape is not my new sound for the soul, which is going to sound completely different to these other two projects. Is not my final form.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not, I see I'm what you're not saying. golden Frieza yet. But, yeah.
2: <laughs> I love know. the Dragon Ball Z stuff, oh by my the way. Oh God, yo. Um, but yeah, so I have that coming out for the soul at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And there may be one little EP with like an artist based in Vancouver. That's gonna potentially come out before the year's done, and that's completely different. Okay, uh, that's, that's that's a grime project. A grime
0: project. What? Yeah, sick. Yeah. Are they from the UK or Toronto? By the way, that person, like, it's from was, the UK. Okay, all right. From there the you go.
2: Yeah, authentic grime. Yeah, authentic grime. And I'm. I lived, in, I lived in London for four and a half years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah You were yeah, saying that, yeah Yeah, I lived in London for four and a half years So I'm still gonna be T-On like, Yeah I'm not, I'm not gonna have like a British accent all of a sudden Yeah But like I get it Mm-hmm Right, like I, I genuinely get it I feel it Like I, I, I know what it's like to be in London And hear Stormzy Yeah You know what I'm saying? Like I know what that feeling's like Yeah, yeah So So yeah, like Yeah, it's, it's, it's very different but that's, that's my whole point right now is, like, I just want to do as many different things as I can to really not be able to be put into a box.
0: Aren't you afraid that it might alienate some of your fans, though, right?
2: Potentially. Yeah. Because, I mean, I get it.
0: Like, as an artist, though, very, very cool that you want to expand. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I support that 100%. But yeah. I just think on a receiving end, fans do get sort of like, uh, you know, What's about... What's he doing, fam?
2: Is he, yeah. I get, no, I 100% I'm aware of that, and I know it's a risk to take. Mm-hmm but my mentality towards it right now is like well i want the people who i'm going to alienate potentially um and it's a little different too because when you hear the songs you'll be like oh he's still t on gibbs like yeah they'll definitely that'll be you'll be very aware of that um people that i'm potentially going to alienate um in reality, like, yeah, I, I don't ever want to lose a fan or someone mm-hmm. not believe in me anymore. Yeah. But I also know that who I, who's listening to me right now, um, I have a good enough rapport with them that they go to my Instagram. I put something up there. People are aware of it. So even if we use a little snippet where I'm like, I want to grow my audience but I still know that like I'm gonna get person X on the on, on this single or on that project like they they'll gonna be they'll, they'll they'll hear that they'll know it mm-hmm. like so i'm I'm pretty confident that I'm not gonna lose too many fans yeah, but what will happen is even if someone doesn't feel something they don't really want to support or to get behind it like for the souls is gonna be so different to the rose tape that they're probably going to be like, yo, the soul really slaps. Mm. And then these are the times two, which I'm going to do in 2019. They're going to be like, oh, this is why I fell in love with his music in the first place. Okay. That's very smart. That so, strategy is very cool. So it'll, it'll come full circle. And I believe in myself enough to know that every project I release, it's going to grow more than the last one. Yeah, 100%. So even if you kind of fall off me for like a project and you don't really want to check me out it'll come full circle because like eventually it's going to come to a point where it's like, okay, I've been hearing his music everywhere. I'm actually going to have to listen to it now. Yeah. And, uh, and I think with having those projects and then a tour in October, um, I really, really think like it's going to continue to expand. And the thing that's super dope about right now, my major following is here. Yeah, my major following after here is Vancouver. Mm-hmm. What's super dope about me making different kind of sounds of music right now? Yeah, is that I can choose what I play at different venues. Yeah, and that's really important because a lot of times for like hip hop acts, like you'll play like a, like a little showcase. And it seems really, really weird to be doing a massive trap banger and there's a room of people and they're there to sit down, have a drink and just listen. Yeah, exactly. They're not there to engage. Mm -hmm. So in that environment, they're looking for the introspective, conscious, aware rapper who has really good wordplay. Right. But if I have nothing but trap bangers in that environment, it's not really going to land well with them. No, it wouldn't. Right? But then center of gravity festivals people want to turn up so having enough of different sounds of music for me I'm thinking of the of the live show which to me is my most important like facet and feature of what I do when I'm in control of it like the show at the black box I was completely in control of what I got to do Right, and I think but I definitely think by far that's the best show I've done in my entire life. Oh, yeah. I wanted to get into that show, by the way. It was super dope, man. Yeah. It was super, super, super dope. Yeah. Um, but I got to be in control of it. Like, yeah. people walk into a room, they're like, okay, we're here to see a hip hop show. He's a local dude. They don't know who I am. And then they're like, okay, but okay, he's got a DJ. Oh, he's got... oh, he has a keyboard player. He has a, he has a drummer. Okay. That's kind of different. That's kind of cool. Let's see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, And then they're more inclined to actually give me a chance just because they're seeing the live aspect. And that's a major thing I've noticed in Western Canada is, like, people like live music so much. And in Western Canada, if we're honest, like, hip-hop is not in, like, a local music scene. It's not a very respected thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I've done a lot of shows where I go, and they're like, they don't even give me a sound check. And I'm like, bro, I'm going to sound like ass because you guys don't respect this craft or what I do enough to give me a sound check Yeah. so having a band touring with me already makes people think okay this is a little bit more legit than just like a local man trying to put some music together yeah definitely so having a catalog where I can be like alright I'm playing at Gilton Company they really fuck with jazz music if I have jazz songs in the bank I can play there and people will be like oh, this is dope you really fit the aesthetic and the vibe of this room. Um, playing a nightclub, people want bangers. Mm-hmm. If I have those in the bank, I can do it. Yeah. So, and that's where I get a lot more followers. Yeah. Like the offline presence, I'd actually say my offline presence is better than my online presence. Really? Yeah, man. Like I, like I I, I, in Vancouver, there's a lot of artists who make hip-hop and R&B who you'll see with, like, 700,000 views on a video. But, like, their offline presence is not there. Mm-hmm. And wh- wh- whatever they're doing online is not translating for some reason to offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you have... 10,000 followers on Instagram and you can't get a hundred people to your show in your hometown, at least Yeah, in your hometown, if you can't get a hundred people to your show in your hometown, mm-hmm. something's wrong about that. Yeah, there is something's not okay with that. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm very fortunate to be able to say like, I headlined the black box. We sold out. Right. And that's because the offline presence is good. And then from that show Shout out Rare Breed Shout out Kenny Yeah People who came to see Kenny And and Rare Breed Some of them like They didn't really like Listen to my music But they saw the show And they were like Bro I'm a fan now Yeah Like I have I remember there's this one comment uh, On my little Instagram snippet uh, Of like the lights and stuff When I was like Having an intimate moment Someone commented It was like This is probably the best moment I've seen at any concert In my entire life Yeah And I was like that's like that's legit so that's the kind of thing that like a live show having a wide variety of music is you can cater to the venue a lot more Uh, and because you're catering to that venue a lot more um you're allowed to have a lot more people engage with you on a long-term scale absolutely they're like yo i saw tion play here yo Bro, we were it was crazy, man. It was a sweaty ass room. People were moshing. There was grime tracks playing. Like everyone was it was crazy, bro. Yo, I love his music. And yeah. being able to say, like, yo, man, we went to a jazz club and like you know, guys were singing. Yeah. Like the crowd is engaged with him. Like, that's that that's that's where I'm gonna win. That's
0: smart. That's, that's very dynamic. Win. Cause I don't think a lot of people
2: do that. No, they don't. Yeah. They don't. And it's also by me taking all those L's all those years. I have really good relationships with musicians. Yeah. A lot of guys really res- kind of respect me. Yeah. Um, slash believe in me. Yeah, yeah. So I have, I have a lot of really great musicians who are like, if I were like, hey, man, I need you to pinch hit for bass. Can you help me out? Yeah. They'll do it at, like, at the drop of a dime. Yeah, and that's 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 what's really, really good for me. It's like having that dynamic those relationships it allows me to do something that no other independent artist is really able to do Mm -hmm. Uh, and then because no other independent artist is really able to do it to the same degree yeah slash like actually having the musical knowledge as a hip-hop act because not not a lot of hip-hop acts really need to be too concerned about the music yeah 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 like they don't need to be concerned about modes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right they don't like like somebody talks tell someone this is phrygian mode they have no idea what you're talking about bro yeah being able to communicate that to a band and be like hey man i don't like the scale you're playing
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and being able to advise it it allows me to have a lot more control and do things that other people can't do And because i'm doing that a lot it fosters more moments that people won't see anywhere else exactly it like, differentiates you like that black box show that that's that, that that snippet man is like one of my like my most proud moments because i'm like you're not gonna go to a local show and see that happen
0: no and dude honestly like when i see that clip when i see pictures of that moment it it strikes me the same way that i see like Kanye on his when he's like promoting the Saint Pablo merch and everything you know like his hands in the air and like Kid Cudi is right beside him like it's like that's amazing yeah same type of vibe to me because it's like iconic you know it's like Tion Gibbs I think of that scene right there yeah you know
2: yeah and I think I think what's super amazing about that is like you can't get better promo than something like that. Like in a really organic, intimate moment like that or, or a really organic moment where everyone is just like really turned up. Like you can't fake those moments. Yeah. Right. And I was so happy that we got that footage and I, I told KB, I was like, don't edit it. Just color correct it. Don't chop it up. I don't want quick edits. Like I know you're like really well known for how good your quick edits are. It's like, I want people to see it and be like, Oh, shit! It's not just like manipulated, yeah, it's not like we' not like this guy played for forty minutes, but you know they just chopped up the best best footage in that forty minutes and made a thirty second clip to make yeah. it look super lit. yeah, it's like it's just straight playing, yeah,
0: how did that happen anyway? like how did everybody get together and like shine their lights on you and everything?, you
2: know, one thing I'll say you know, I know, you know any local artist listening to me or listening to this, feel free to take this. I don't care i am super hungry and super thirsty for engagement so i literally my set started and everyone was scattered you know how it is when people are scattered they're in the back they're talking they're grabbing their drinks i literally had the mic in my hand and i'm going to people i'm like no we're going to the front i'm grabbing people individually and I'm walking them to the front and i'm like for me i don't really care like, I don't care about not looking that cool by doing that. Wow. Because by me getting people that close and like everyone being like, okay, like, I'll respect him enough for one song and stay. And then they can go to the back. Yeah. But then the one song was really good. Yeah. And then they're like, people are here are having a good time. We're having a lot of fun at this concert. And then people just decided to stay. And so just forcing everyone to be... That's the thing, man. People are... It's just like... It's just human beings are so concerned with how they appear to other people. Yeah, that they don't want to be the first person. You ever go to, like, remember, like, remember, like middle school dances or like high school dances. Yeah, like there is a girl you see over there. I want to dance with her. But I don't want to be the first person to go over there and <laughs> yeah. dance with the girl, right? Yeah. You are yeah. super nervous. It's the same mentality when you go to like a local independent show. It's like I don't feel comfortable um, being like the first person to really turn up, or really engage. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's not, like, jam-packed. Yeah. Like, you go to some really small venues and it's jam-packed and there's no choice. hmm That's also a major key for any independent artist. Don't, don't, go, don't book a venue you can't fill. Yeah. Don't go play a club that's 1,000 capacity and you can only bring 200 people. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to look whack and no one's going to want to engage because like there's too much space around. People are looking at me. Yeah. You find a venue that has 150 people capacity and you book 200 people for that you have 150 people inside and then yeah people go in and out and smoke all the time right so that's just gonna happen so if you get in a small venue and pack it everyone's gonna be they have to, they have no choice but to enjoy the music and be engaged with you mm-hmm. but that night i was not willing to take the l so yeah. i brought everyone to the front and then i was very fortunate that i had like some people who actually were really familiar with the music that night so they were engaged yeah and then hey yeah, just it just happened man like i could tell Me and the crowd had a really good interaction going. Um, And then we did the breakdown with the band and they're playing on the keys. And I just said, yo, let's just turn all the lights off in this place. So smart. And I was like, let's just do it. Let's let's make a moment that you're not going to see from a local act in in Kelowna, BC. Yeah. And that's not shitting on anyone. It's just like, it's just me saying, like, you're you're just not going to see that because, because as much as people want to support local and they want to support the arts it's hard to do yeah it's very
0: hard to do it is which is why i'm doing this podcast in the first place where i'm giving people that access point to understand
2: what your story is shout out f- for the culture thanks boss Yo, i actually think it's amazing that like rookie season i say i might do it for the culture and i'm, <laughs> I'm doing this podcast so. i've right, uh, been thinking i've been mean, wanting to say this the entire time i've been here but i think I, it's super dope thank you so much i appreciate that man. yeah it's actually amazing yo. Know.
0: Yeah, no, so. thank you. I thought I yeah, no, the the name has been in my head for like a year and I knew I wanted to do this, but
2: um I just the time never felt right. But yeah, no, it's a really it's a really good name. You you nailed it, yo. Thank you. Um and I think I think as far as like marketing it, on the large scale, like it's not like, it, like you anyone can listen to it anywhere in the world. Yeah. For the culture. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, we're talking what are we talking about? Oh, the art. Yeah. That's
0: sick. I'm figuring it out, man. Like it's a, it's a process. I'm, I'm learning from Gary Vaynerchuk a lot and trying to figure out yeah, how to do it. And I'm asking friends just sort of like, you know, just, just sort of like seeing like, yo, you got any tips? You know, um, it's always good to have like good connections with people. Never, you know, shy away from kindness and make sure that you're appreciative of everything that you have, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Gary V is out here giving people major keys to success, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to share you something um, that he has. Uh, it, he just released it maybe a few days ago, but he actually dem- he has this uh, slideshow, a 28-page or so slideshow about everything that he does to market. Like, mm. his entire marketing strategy, he literally just put out there on the internet. You no, know, put me I, on. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll DM, DM that to you for sure. Like, I'm looking at it this for morning
2: sure. before you came over. I was just like, this is fire. Yeah. Oh my I'd, God. I'd love to see it, man. Yeah. I, I'd love to see it. Like, I'm, I'm very like, I question a lot of things. Yeah. Because I'm just like, man, like, if it was that easy, we'd see a lot more people with that same kind of success yeah and i think a major thing is and this is just my opinion you can tell me i'm wrong we can talk about it sure sure i think i, I know obviously we're not talking about this one in particular because I haven't, I haven't even looked at it yet yeah, yeah but i think in general like a lot of self-help stuff is based on your demographic where you are in the world so a lot of times i hear people talking about like yo this is how i came up this is what i did and i'm like well first of all you went to a high school with like 8,000 people, Right, you're in one of the largest cities in America. Yeah. So, that doesn't relate the same to, you know, a 16-year-old kid who's in Vernon. That's the key. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: See, the thing is, with self-help books, I I really don't give a shit about self-help books at all. Mm -hmm. And I just find... The thing that Gary Vee does that's different is that it doesn't talk about like, you should get more motivated by doing this, you know, like do more things to make yourself more motivated. It's more like tangible shit, right? It's like you either do it or you don't. It's like a binary mindset. And it's just sort of like, these are the pillars of what you have to do. Like, um, just to sort of like summarize what he was saying in, uh, his slideshow is like, you have one piece of big content, right? This large pillar and you basically condense it into smaller digestible forms that you place onto Instagram and other social medias and that's it and the thing that different uh, that separates you from everybody else that's like super successful is literally just that you know the difference between you and maybe say Drake or Kanye West like aside from all of like the connections that they've built over the years and Drake being on Degrassi and everything like that it's literally just they've just been persistent for way longer than you have yeah. right that's the thing that differentiates you from anybody that's up and coming right now people might look at you Tion, and say i want to be at that level but the only thing that separates them is just literally aside from the talent and the connections is just you've been persistent that's the key that's literally the key like all you have to do is just be persistent and if you lose sleep over it then fucking lose sleep over it you know just do yeah. whatever you have to do to get the content out because that's all that's most valuable yeah you know, I, I,
2: I, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't knock what you're saying at all, dude. Like, yeah, consistency and consistent quality. Yeah. Yeah, bro, you can't, you can't beat that. Yeah, you can't beat that. Exactly. Because it's like literally what we were talking about about like that Instagram video that I'm i so in love with. Yeah. I'm like. Like that, I want that to be a thing. I want more consistent moments like that, where mm-hmm. we're creating things that are like. Wow I want to believe In this person Yeah Right Rookie season Like KB's idea Of like Hey man I want you to like Narrate a little bit Yeah That like People hear that Like oh, I want to support him Yeah So Yeah I totally agree man Like consistency is key And like Just I'm praying and hoping man like, I can just be in a position Soon where like I can have someone Who can just Kind of help A little bit Just help me With like Hey man I got a I got a guy who works at Noisy. I can get you an article. Yeah, Something like that for me would go a really long way. Yeah. And especially cuz I'm in a like we're in this this is a small town. Yeah. Being from a small town and and landing an article like that, man, like I, that that'd be huge it'd be huge for the culture, bro. Yeah. Cuz yeah. people would look at that and be like, "Wow, yo, like I have so many people who have seen me working towards music and seeing a lot of like things that fell short and who hit me up now and they're like bro i'm so fucking proud of you like yeah you really worked really hard for this and mm-hmm. like yeah it's really it's a really good feeling so if, i mean like if i could get it, like a like a noisy or a complex article it's not gonna do much for me as far as like streams or listens but just for like continuing to have people like really believe in me yeah that'd be big for the community man i think and like, and I'm not, I'm not a selfish guy, man. Like I don't, obviously I want to like, I would love to be a huge artist. Right. That's, that's why I'm doing this, man. Mm-hmm. I want my music to reach people, but like, I'm not, I'm not selfish with it. No. You know, at the end of the day, like, let's say, cause we spoke about them a little earlier. Let's say Rare Breed became a very large act. Mm-hmm. Yo, that, that's a good. Yeah. I want them to, I want that to happen, right? Because. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, they're coming out of B.C. There's, I mean, there doesn't have to be one artist from B.C. Like, there can be multiple people. Yeah. There's room. There's space. Yeah. So exactly. the thing is, like, it doesn't matter about who pops off first. As long as someone pops off, like, it just draws more attention to the market.
0: Exactly. And I'm just, like, straight up, because I'm not born here. Or, no, sorry, because my parents aren't born here um but i was i'm proud to say that like drake representing canada is famous you know justin bieber like all those guys it's like those guys are from canada fuck yeah i'm so psyched that's why i'm psyched about what you're doing because or what rare breed is doing because it's like you're putting Kelowna or canada or all that on the map right even more so you're helping it all uh, yeah i
2: I think it's crazy to think like you look at the billboard charts man like there's a lot of canadians on the charts right now I yeah know. it's absolutely nuts yeah like from alicia Carr to tory lanes yeah you know, jazz cartier to drake yeah justin bieber like it's just it's nuts yeah right now how like in the last like five years yeah five six years how things have kind of changed i genuinely love it i think it's so amazing i think it's amazing yeah. too bro and like it is, yeah. It's almost all of it's in Eastern Canada, and in reality, I I do have to spend time in Eastern Canada to continue mm-hmm. to grow myself, and potentially have to move there for a little bit. Like, but I like the idea of being able to say, "Yo, like, I'm repping from B- I'm repping BC, holding it down." Yeah. And there are there are there are definitely artists who are repping BC, and re- repping it very well. Like your Mercules and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, they're, they're, they're they're doing their thing. But for me, I want to be able to take it to like a mainstream level or like, cause I feel like when you have a couple mainstream artists from a region or an area, the opportunities for everyone open up way more. Exactly. Cause it shows that like they have something. Yeah, right, right. Drake yeah. the Weekend, Justin Bieber all kind of popped off around the same time.
0: Yeah, and we have
2: now Nav coming out of it, exactly, Tory Lane's coming out man. of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like that's that's amazing, man. Like just being able to like create opportunities for other people to eat.
1: Mhm.
2: Other people to like actually pursue their dreams cuz if you were to tell someone in high school, yo man, like yeah, you're from you're from Langley, like what do you want to do when you grow up and he's like yo man like yo i'm i'm actually trying to be like um i'm trying to be like a, like an artist man I'm like a recording artist that's what i want that's what i want to do yeah most people would be like okay well like what if that, that doesn't work out with <laughs> yeah or like say to someone um I tell someone basically tell someone, "Yo, that's not realistic where they say like hey who do you know from vancouver bc is actually a mainstream artist and yeah it's, it's hard because there's not many if any at all, really. Yeah. Um, but like, you're in, you're in Eastern Canada. It's, it's it's still extremely hard, and there's more competition. But it seems a little a little bit more viable, right? Because it's been done. Like yeah. You see, you have seen people who mm-hmm. are at that level. Yeah. So it's like, out here, you don't really see anyone, right? So you're kind of yeah. like, eh, it can't really happen.
0: Well I just feel like That just means like The space is there now Like for somebody to take it 100% so, right I want I want to see somebody Just like be there And be like Yeah I fuck with that You know
2: Yeah 100% man I think that's That's really it Like it's a pretty wide western canada is a pretty wide open market as far as like a premier like headlining artist, right yeah
0: and dude we have so many artists from so, vancouver
2: oh we have so many artists from vancouver it's actually fucking wild yeah being in vancouver and like meeting people i was like bro how, how do we not know who you are bro like you're super nice yeah um yeah there's a lot of really great talent but you know what i'm saying like the infrastructure in Western Canada Is not really there to support the local scale As much as it should be supported mm-hmm. But with all that talent And with um, with the access to creating your own music um, I think it's going to be forced In the next five years That like And, I, and the truth is It is going to be Vancouver Just because it is our and, hub yeah, yeah right? Yeah. It is our largest spot yeah. But like in the next five years You're going to see a breakout artist from Vancouver Mm-hmm within the next five years for sure yeah you might even see two Mm -hmm. yeah um and when that happens there's gonna be a lot more money going into the local art scene yeah i can't wait as long as those artists don't completely jump ship yeah true right there's a lot of artists that are from vancouver but they're claiming toronto now yeah because it's just a bigger name you know bigger name yeah goes further for you I don't think there's anything wrong with like you being an artist from Vancouver or Kelowna or Victoria or wherever you are from in, in in the smaller market, leaving to go to LA, doing your thing in LA or doing your thing in Atlanta or doing your thing in New York, doing your thing in Toronto, wherever you decide to go. But I do think it's a problem when you, when you kind of abandon where you were before.
0: Yeah. And besides it doesn't look good to your hometown or mm-hmm. to the country or the city that you represent. Right. It's yeah. like you turned your back on us a little bit,
2: yo. Yeah. And I think like, and I think a lot of people are like, well, this is where my opportunity is. So I'm going to like really have to rep this place. And it's like, oh, that's cool. You mm-hmm. can do that. Um, do your thing. But like, I, okay. I, 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 the way I look at it is like, I remember Drake 2012 bought a place in Florida. Cause he was in Florida a lot making music working. Yeah. Networking, shooting videos. Yeah, yeah. He needed to be there. Yeah. But never at any point did we not think he was from Toronto. Yeah. Because he always repped it. That's what's up. That's the mentality you have to have. Yeah. Like, wherever I am, this is where I'm actually from. Mm -hmm. You have to rep it. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I hope, man. Like, I I know I've seen, seen not a lot, but I've seen a few Vancouver artists who are um, a little bit bigger than me. Moves to Toronto And they're Toronto man now Uh, It's a shame Bro, take the open market Yeah, I'd love to man Like uh, 100% That's what I'm working towards Like that's my goal Like that's what I'm here for Yeah Um, And I just have to make sure I keep fostering Honest relationships With my fan base So that it can grow Mm -hmm. Organically Mm -hmm. Um, I don't ever want to be In a position where it's like Oh, I got X amount of views On this video But Oh shit Yeah, the only reason I got X amount of views On this video Is because you know Someone invested all this marketing money into it Yeah exactly Or someone bought fake views Oh I or know if, Dude like, like that I don't ever want to be in a position Where I have to maintain fake shit By spending money Yeah Or I have to maintain A certain followership By spending money
0: Well think about it If you're like consistently having to like um, Spend money to get all your views You're losing money Every time you make a video Who's taking the bigger L?
2: Yeah no it's, Right It's totally true yeah. Um And at the end of the day man Like I think you are I think you actually just Like as an artist a recording artist it doesn't matter what field you're gonna you're gonna have to just take the L
1: yeah.
2: you know like you yeah. have to be like okay I'm investing money for three years I'm not gonna see much come back mm-hmm. but as long as you're building an organic fan base it will come back organic is the key right it there it will come back yeah Like again Russ love him or hate him yo you, you can't really argue with him when he's like yeah I just did a show with 13,000 people in Portugal yeah so you can't really argue with that
0: not nah, like, like you're at the place that a lot of people want to be like yeah. yo props
2: and like yeah i mean he's a little wild some of the stuff he says is a little bit reckless yeah but at the end of the day man he's built a good organic fan base yeah definitely so
0: shit man uh before we wrap this up i wanted to just talk to you about uh Koken fatality
2: Koken fatality there you go, man. That's the one. Yeah. That's, Dude. That's Dark Jacobs. Yeah. That is uh, that is the potential grime project that may come out this year. Yo, because I heard that and I was like,
0: this sounds nothing like what you do. Yeah. And I'm just like, this sounds so fucking fire, right? Yeah. And then um, Adam22 heard it on yeah. No Jumper and uh, said it was legendary shit.
2: Yeah, bro. That's, that's, that was very fucking fucking lit dude yo that's yeah. insane yeah and i was really happy that he listened to the song long enough that it got to my double time verse yeah because i was like i was like i'm very very i'm very very is that double time section i'm very proud of yo. yeah and so I, and I was like i know as soon as he hears that he's gonna like this track yeah um obviously i was the second verse in the song but Ken fatality man like it's just a fun ass song. Yeah, it it's, is. <laughs> it's fucking is hella lit. Yeah. Um, Dark Jacobs is. He, I mean, he's not a grime artist at all. Like, yeah, he's he's, yeah, he's a very very creative person, hyper creative person. Um, so, whatever he chooses to do with his own music, um, like, I, I it it'll, it'll sound completely different to that for sure. Yeah, but. He's just such a hyper creative person, and we just got together and we made that song, and we're like, "Yo, man, let's make like three or four more like this." Yeah, and we're like, "We're just gonna do it." Yeah, just three or four more songs that just like are sound like that. i just like, man, yeah, I just I don't know, man. Like I, I don't I am genuinely like, you 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 asked me earlier it's like, are you sure we worrying about alienating? I actually really think about it. But I'm just genuinely like, man, like I I don't think so, dude. Like I think <laughs> I, I I bro, I, I believe in myself so much. I believe in myself so much, and I yeah. have the right people around me that'll tell me that's not the look, bro. Yeah. But I believe in my 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 talent, my 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 work ethic. So it's not like Ko Ken, which sounds nothing like late night. Nothing like late night. Yeah. I think it's fire as fuck, dude. And, I think it's fire. You no, know, everyone who hears it's like this shit is cr- it's crazy. Dude. Yeah, and so I'm just like, I'm just gonna keep putting out music. Yeah, and then when I finally release an actual album, that's when I'm gonna be like, okay, this is what my sound is gonna have to sound like. Yeah, which is gonna be very hard to do.
0: Well, it's just,
2: um, it's just trials, man. You just figure it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the concept album I think that's where that's where the concept album may hurt me. Concept mm-hmm. projects may hurt me is like people who fall in love with K O Ken might hate Late Night. People who fall in love with Rose Tape might hate For the Soul. Mm-hmm. So when I try and create a project, um that's gonna be like eighteen songs long. You know, it's a lot of that's a lot of bases to try to touch. Yeah. And I just gotta I just have to be able to understand which ones I should not touch mm-hmm. and just be like, that was just a moment.
0: Yeah. You have to really trust your sense and maturity as an artist at that point. Mm-hmm. You have to really trust mm-hmm. that what you're doing is like worth it. Yeah.
2: I think a song like KO Ken, like I think whatever we developed from that one song and that project. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's going to be more like a moment. Yeah. But I think it's really important for, I think it's really important for people to be like, okay, here's one thing that happens all the time when I hear people arguing about Drake okay okay right? this is what I, I, I love watching it happen yo. <laughs> people be like yeah drake's wag man he just makes these soft ass songs yeah and then someone will be like okay bro let's look at the catalog drake's catalog is ridiculous yeah it, and it all sounds so different yeah and what's super dope about it is like what do you like uh i like you know like i like really lyrical shit man and then he has a song yeah, yeah guarantee you'll have at least one in that kind of sphere yeah and that's why i think people who are like fans of certain artists can be like no i really believe in this dude yo. yeah And so being able to do a bunch of different things i really want people to have that kind of belief in me yeah be like yo, i really believe in this dude like if he's gonna be on a song i know his part is gonna be fire
0: yeah so you want to build a catalog like drake then right
2: uh, I wouldn't say I mean or like, in
0: like, like in, the, in the sense of like hey you want something lyrical Teon's got it you want something like melodic Oh yeah 100% B, Teon's got it 100% like, Yeah
2: 100% and I yeah. think I think if you're going to be a premier artist from yeah. a region Yeah you need to be able to do that Yeah I think if you're going to be a premier artist and be like yo like yo he made a love song it's not it's kind of nice i kind of like it yeah yo, guy guy yo he was saying some deep shit on this track yeah oh guy was spinning fire here yeah he was actually really funny on this song you yeah. know, like i think that's important like i remember when eminem was like that guy
0: yeah 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 eminem was amazing i thought everything that he did honestly i kind of stopped listening to him after encore but like everything that he did before that was great um yeah um and one thing I wanted to just say about Drake before uh, we like finish this is that uh, everything that he's been doing over the last couple of years the thing that draws everybody in is always there's one line that he draws in right like hotline bling yeah. right yeah there's also look alive there's always just one line or even um god's plan there's always one line consistently he does it consistently there's always one line that everybody always listens to it catches in their head Mm -hmm. and he and it draws people in to listen to his shit and i think that's he's like nailed like this sticky hooks better than anybody right now i think like on a consistent basis
2: i would have to agree with that man like i think i think drake's an artist that has been so consistent for the last 10 years um that is kind of taken for granted a little bit to be honest with Mm -hmm. you like it's just because his
0: albums just haven't been that great like i
2: i would agree i would have to agree with that um he's got on fire on like a mass appeal scale. like i i personally i really fuck with drake's albums yeah but on a mass appeal scale and i think that's the problem is that he's done so many different things so well Mm -hmm. that like when he put out uh if you're reading this is too late i think that was the first time that like hip-hop heads were really like Okay, Drake, this is a fire fucking album, bro Because like, yeah. it was 80% just him Spitting bars, right? Yeah. Um, but then Then like his female fans or people who like R&B May not have liked it as much mm-hmm. um, So then like like Views comes out of controller, Which to me is a fire ass song Your hip hop head may be like Yeah, it's whack, soft mm-hmm. So I think it's really hard to be in a position Where like you've done so many things So well that hard to please all your fans and your yeah. audience which is why i really respect j cole so much yeah because he's just like at the end of the day bro i'm putting out whatever the fuck i want to put out
0: yeah he's got the integrity yeah yeah i fuck, i really respect j cole but there's that. only there's there's not many people that can do that yeah no exactly it's and just them staying authentically them yeah. at least Jake cole is for sure for sure and, th- and <clears> the thing <throat> is
2: him being able to do that and being as large as he still is mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah that's fucking nuts yeah because um, most people would just do that, and then their families would diminish a little bit. Yeah. But his has grown.
0: Yeah. So good job, J. Cole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get you on this goddamn podcast eventually. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Dreamville, yo.
0: Yeah. Um, before we finish this off, by the way, did you have any questions for me? I've been doing this segment for the last three episodes, and I want to just like keep it a consistent thing. Do you have any questions for me at all that you want to ask? I'll keep it as brief as I can.
2: Um... Uh, To be honest with you, the only thing I really wanted to ask was, how did you come up with the name? Oh. But you kind of already, like, mentioned it. But but you said you talked about it, you're thinking about it for, like, a year. Yeah. But, like, why? Why why for the college year? Um, usually
0: it's, like, it sort of, like, filters, right? Like, how it happens is that whenever I come up with a name for something, um it just sort of like filters into my brain. Somehow it just comes out of nowhere and it just sticks. And it's just like, okay, I guess I'll go with that. You know, it's like oh, okay. for the culture, I thought just like made a lot of sense. It just, it, I don't have brainstorming sessions. I just, I just sort of like go out throughout, throughout my day. And while I'm doing something, there's always something in the background of my brain, just like coming up with stuff. Yeah. And so for the culture just came out of nowhere and it's just like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do it as. So I was just sort of like certain with the idea since I got it. And, uh, it's called For the Culture CA because there's already a few For the Cultures out there. But CA stands for Canada. Yeah. Right. Um, on And you may notice that on my Instagram, it's just called For the Culture CA. But everywhere else where you can actually listen to the episodes, that's where the podcast label is. That's done on purpose because uh, that's basically a foreshadow that. For the culture is definitely going to expand into something greater than what the podcast is, but I'm not going to get into details about that. That's super dope, though. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, did you have anything else you wanted to add, Tion?
2: Um. Yeah. Um, uh, again, yeah, Rose Tape coming out August 28th. Um, look out for that. Uh, I really appreciate. I really appreciate shares mentions on instagram that really goes a really long way for me so um if you have the if you see it in your heart to do so i'd appreciate that um and then for the soul it's going to be me really venting a lot so yeah just kind of stick with me for the ride and uh yeah it's going to be really interesting to see where this happens um finalizing some dates going to be going on tour in october um i can announce that um we will be doing a show at the downstairs of the Habitat, um, October twentieth. Very cool. So I'll announce that now. Um, Habitat downstairs is a little bit of a larger venue. Um, I really believe between myself and the people who I'm slating to to open or, or play rather, I don't like that term open. Um, we're gonna be able to fill it out. And I really believe that uh, it's going to be a great show. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I'm doing Center of Gravity today. Um, and I'm not going to be doing a show until October. So But oh, uh, in Kelowna, anyway, until October. So really, really look out for that. It's going to be super blessed. And um, yeah, hit me up on Instagram, tiongibes100. Hey.
0: <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah, no worries. Uh, that was my interview with teon Gibbs, uh, very, very promising artist coming out of our Western Canada region. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it a lot. I knew it was going to be a big show, and it was honestly, this is the longest show I've ever had <laughs> it's uh, It's about two hours long, so yeah, amazing that's so a lot. Thank you so much for being on here. That was For the Culture. Make sure you follow us, For the Culture CA podcast on Spotify, uh, iTunes podcast, um, SoundCloud, and Overcast, everywhere else. We'll get on to TuneIn and other places as well, and Instagram as well at CA. I'm your host, Deepak Batty. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.